Dear Lord, we realize just that lately everything's changing too damn fast. And, and all sorts of things are always the same, even things we hated, like shoveling the turkey and stuffing the snow and going through the same crap year in and year out. Honey, food's getting cold. As I was saying, dear Lord, before my wife interrupted me, even those old-fashioned pain-in-the-ass traditions like Thanksgiving, which really means something to us, even though we couldn't tell you what it is, are starting to stop. And thousand-year-old trees are falling over dead, and they shouldn't. That's all from this end, amen. Oh, Amen. A oh, woman. That was absurd. Let's eat dead bird. Hey! Hi, everybody. This is Ed Hoffman, and welcome to the main event. The weekend before Thanksgiving, you guys are rushing to the grocery store and you're listening to me on the way and you're going to go get a frozen turkey and let it sit on your counter till it thaws out and drips all over the place and uh, all that stuff. And you're going to get together with our uh, with our relatives next this coming uh, week and we're going to have some political arguments. And you know what? Everybody's saying, hey, don't talk about religion and politics at the Thanksgiving table. I say, hey, I've been telling you this would be the 10th year I've told you this. Start talking about politics. If it starts fights, oh, well, it's not a, it's not okay to let stupid people be stupid, you know? you got to at least make an attempt. And maybe uh, if you've got five, five Democrats at your table and you can convince one of them to at least start thinking about common sense... Well, it's, then it's worth the effort. It's worth the fight. It's worth the fight. You know what? I, I always like to do it with a little bit of alcohol, too, because that just makes it more fun. More fun so you can uh, just stir things up a little crazier. And, uh, you know, I guess I was always the black sheep of the family um, since I was a little kid and because uh, I just like to start problems. <laughs> so, anyway. That's my Thanksgiving uh, advice to you. So uh, we're going to talk about all kinds of common sense stuff going on in this in this uh, country and uh, and the lack thereof. And especially if you're in California, I just uh, I, you know what I live in the land of fruits and nuts, and uh, I know most of you listening are with me. We got to do something to turn this state around. So anyway. Uh, anyway, before I go further, let me introduce myself. My name is Ed Hoffman, President of Wholesale Capital Corporation, your local direct mortgage lender, based here in Southern California, offices all over the place. If you're interested in getting involved in any of the fantastic opportunities that are real estate and you need financing, call me toll-free at 855-640-2020. That's 855-640-2020. One last time, day or night, toll-free, area code 855 855- Six four zero twenty twenty. If you want to get in touch with me, but you don't want to talk on the phone because the guy that sits next to you at work is creepy and you don't want him to know your stuff. Or uh, you don't want to uh, me to hear your voice until I have seen your credit report and told you everything's going to be all right. So anyway, uh, if you want to get in touch with me, go to uh, WCCLoans.com. Click on the Loan Center. Click on Apply Now. Put as much information as you want me to have. Tell me how much information you want back. You'll hear back from one of me or one of my talented teammates. And uh, we will help fill the uh, missing pieces to your real estate financing puzzle. Thinking of puzzles, have you guys seen The Accountant? Yeah, I di- I diverse. I uh, I I get off the course here. Uh, so anyway, uh, uh, anyway, so if uh, just thinking of that puzzle scene when he's 
putting the, the little kids putting the puzzle upside down, putting together upside down, and then you see how detailed it is. Anyway, if you haven't seen it, go see it. I mean, get it on Netflix or on cable. It's, I think it's on cable about every 25 minutes on various stations right now. Hey, uh, if you want to hear any part of this show repeated, go to edhoffman.net, click on the podcast page. You can hear this show as well as several past shows and uh, listen to it on demand. You can also get it on demand, the podcast on uh, SoundCloud or iTunes, where you can subscribe for free, have it download to your uh, your phone, your computer, your iPad, your iPod, uh, whatever you listen to podcasts on, and uh, that's free, and you can listen to it whenever you want to. Um, follow the follow the show on uh, on uh, uh, social media. Twitter is at Ed Hoffman, where I tweet about current events all week long. Some weeks more than others. Sometimes I just get a little too uh, frustrated to to tweet and sometimes I just get on a roll and I'm tweeting all the time. So, uh, but if you want to follow me, it's at Ed Hoffman and the Facebook page is, uh, the main event, facebook.com slash the main event at Hoffman. Uh, if you want to leave some comments on the show, if I say something that makes you mad or inspires you go to the listener hotline, eight, five, five, six, four, zero, 2092. You know, I always say everyone's entitled to, uh, to my opinion. And uh, now I want to hear yours. So eight five five six four zero twenty ninety two. And uh, you know what I told uh, I told Brooke who preps my show. I don't want to talk about tax plan this week because I've been talking about it for two weeks. But you know what? I'm watching the tax plan, and you know we the the House passed it this week. And you know what? You got so many people saying, "Hey, you're gonna cut. My, you know, you don't have the the uh, state and local taxes uh, deduction. You don't have this. You don't have that. I can't vote for it because it's not helping my people. You know what? If our tax plan is that complicated that 435 senators and uh, 100 or 435 Congress uh, representatives and 100 uh, senators come up with 535 different complications or uh, or uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Computations. They come up with 535 different answers. Maybe it's too complicated. Maybe we need something simpler. Maybe a flat tax. And as a mortgage lender, and I see how people file their taxes, I say, hey, maybe we need something that people can't cheat on. And maybe I'm maybe I'm mad because I don't cheat on my taxes and I see how many people of you do cheat on your taxes. How many people cheat on their taxes? Maybe it's not you. Maybe it's everybody else that's not listening. But, uh, you know, I see, hey, uh, uh, someone comes in and goes, well, I got these properties. And this one here I had have had for two years, but I haven't been reported on my taxes. What should I do? And I said, well, you don't get to use the income then. If you don't put on your taxes, you don't get to cheat on your taxes and still use that income to qualify for a loan. Somebody else has a W-2 loan and they go, oh, by the way, I've got this other business. And it's a complete cash business that they did just doesn't get reported. I forgot to tell you just in case it pops up because I own the land that the building's on and I own the business that's in it. And uh, But I just don't report it anywhere. Um, You know what? Maybe what we need is not just a flat tax, a consumption tax. Hey, you know what? You don't you don't have to pay pro, uh, income tax at all. But you get but every time you buy something, you have to pay tax. Well, we already have a sales tax for the state. Why do I want to have a a ten percent or fifteen percent on top of that? Because you get to take home your whole paycheck. And guess what? Then everybody pays something. I think I think they're trying to say, hey, we're going to cut the taxes and the, all these loopholes. And these loopholes will, will replace some of the taxes that we're cutting. And you know what? You know where the, the government will pick up money is making sure that everybody pays something. And 
eliminate the opportunity to cheat and everybody's taxes can go down and just makes sure that some people I have, I had, I have somebody that, that uh, actually did a whole bunch of work for me in my house. And, uh, and when I saw his taxes, I go, Hey, you know what? I can't, I can't do your loan because you cheat on your taxes. I don't cheat. I don't cheat. You know, I have, these are all legitimate. This is all legitimate taxes. I said, well, you know, your taxes show you lost $18,000 last year, but you have a $4,000 house payment that you've been able to make. Uh, how's that happening? And I know you went to Hawaii and I know you went to, to, uh, Colorado and skied. And I know that you're having all kinds of trips and you don't look like you've missed any meals. So how is it that you're doing all this work and you're losing $18,000 a year and some bills? Can we agree? Something doesn't make sense. You know, this is still simple math. This is still simple math. You know, when I, uh, when I, in 1996, I couldn't imagine having a car payment higher than 500 bucks a month. And, uh, I was trading in my, uh, Toyota Supra and I wanted to get an SUV. Uh, I had just recently, uh, re rehabilitated my credit. Cause I went through a period of time in my life when everything I touched turned to crap and, uh, my credit was bad and I owed, I had just, I was just in bad shape. You guys don't think I understand what it's like to be struggling. I do. I do very vividly. I understand it, but I understand it's, you can pull yourself out. So, uh, I went to the dealer and I'm sitting in this uh, GMC Yukon that I liked, and uh, it was a it was a demo. It was like thirty six thousand or something, and uh, it had been had like four thousand miles on it. And uh, and I go and the guy goes, well, what kind of what kind of payment do you think you can afford? I go, I'd like to stay five hundred bucks or lower. And uh, he says, well, let's take a look at this. Thirty thousand dollars divided by sixty payments with no interest is five hundred bucks a month. Since this truck is 36,000, can we agree you're going to have to be a little flexible on that? And I start thinking, oh, yeah. Well, I guess I will. I guess, I guess I'm not getting a $36,000 truck uh, for $500 a month. Um, I guess there's going to have to be some. And I end up leasing it, so the payment was, was uh, $500 a month. But you know what? People just got to do some math. Math is just simple. There's, there's right and wrong answers. Two plus two is four. There's no way to tell me that two plus two equals three or two plus two equals seven. It's four. It's not that difficult, but our government tries to make, well, you know what? If you do this and you do that and you take away the, this deduction and you add, and you make up for it with this, uh, raising the, the standard deduction and you do this. And then we drop the tax. I started doing some calculations. If you make a hundred thousand dollars and you lose your, make a hundred thousand dollars in California, the highest taxed state in the country, uh, you're about 7%. So that's about seven thousand dollars in uh, in uh, in state income taxes. So you get you don't you don't get that write off at seven thousand bucks. And if you're at a hundred thousand, you're probably about let's say twenty five percent tax bracket, which means at seven thousand, uh, your additional taxes are seventeen fifty. But if you dropped five percent, because I don't remember what the exact tax brackets are, but I know in my tax bracket is thirty nine point six, and very worst case dropping to thirty five. So, but if you just dropped 5% on a hundred thousand, you save 5,000 bucks. So you save 5,000 in your, in this, I'm oversimplifying it, but you save $5,000 in your, by lowering the tax rate, but you lost the deduction that would have saved you 1750. The way I look at it, you're still $3,250 ahead. Maybe I'm uh, oversimplifying it, but you know what? If I'm way off and you come out even, if the taxes go down and you don't save any, but you got to raise at work as a result of it, of them giving a tax break to your boss, did you prosper from that? 
if the price of gas goes down because some oil companies save some taxes, did you benefit from that? The whole idea is the economy needs to benefit. The economy needs to grow in order for the country to prosper. And I have one of my listeners that said, hey, at what price do we do, we do this? Well, I don't know that there's any price, any price too high. Because I don't think any, a worst case, worst case where, where, where we are now. If I have to pay another $1,000 a year or another $10,000 a year on my taxes, but, but, I do, but I do 25% more business, I think I'm okay. And I think if you guys don't get a, a cut in your taxes, but you made a, a 25% increase in your pay, and maybe it doesn't happen till next year, we have to do this. I, like, I should have used that clip from, uh, from uh, the Iron Lady. The medicine is harsh, but the, but the, but the patient requires it. Okay? That's what you got to do. You can't fix this country without showing some pain. It's going to get worse before it gets better. Wake up, everybody. So now that I've been on my tax rant that I said I wasn't going to talk about this week, let's continue to what everybody else is talking about. So uh, Roy Moore. Let's talk about Roy Moore. And let me just start by saying, I am not defending Roy Moore. I am not in any way saying that this guy should be a senator. I'm not in any way saying this guy is a good guy because I don't know him. When you see him on TV, he sounds pretty confident. But then when you listen to him on the radio, he doesn't sound, he just sounds kind of wimpy, kind of uh, not very convincing. But when you see him in his facial expressions and all that stuff, he sounds pretty strong. And guess what? I don't live in Alabama, so it's none of my business. And you know what? And if he wins the Senate, if he wins the Senate, they're going, hey, well, if he wins, maybe we won't seat him. Mitch McConnell, Lindsey Graham. Hey, if he wins the Senate, maybe we won't seat him. Well, who the hell do you think you are? The people of Alabama are going to elect him. And if you and if they elect him, if they decide, hey, we don't care what what everybody's saying, that's up to them. And I am not defending Roy Moore. He might be a freak. It just seems kind of suspect to me that this stuff is coming out when it when it's coming out. And he's run for uh, four other four other statewide offices and has never come out. And the people of Alabama say it's pretty, uh, pretty popular. I don't know. Just seems suspect. Remember a guy named Herman Cain? You know, he was starting to gain in the in the polls uh, eight, 2008, I think it was. And he had a great tax plan, 999, and it made a lot of sense. And you still see him on TV a lot. And all of a sudden, all these women came out that said he sexually harassed them. And then it put too much pressure on his, uh, on his uh, marriage, and he got out. And then where did all the women go? I don't know. They disappeared. And then a bunch of women started coming out. I used to say... Donald Trump, no one's come out and said anything about, about him uh, having cheated on his wife or anything. Oh, they got him talking uh, locker room talk when it was just him and another guy and he didn't know there was an open mic. Okay, all guys do that at one time or another. Oh, not me. No, not my husband. My husband would never talk like that. Guess what? You're wrong. I told my sister, oh, listen to how he talks. I said, hey, all guys talk like that. And at one time or another, if you had an open mic, you'd always do, including your son and your husband and your two son-in-laws, who I happen to like, one of them anyway, and, uh, and, um, and your rabbi. Okay, guess what? We're all guys. We've all done that at one time or another. Okay, we're not proud of it, but that's just how guys are. And Don, my wife, says, hey, you know what? The only people that talk, talk dirtier than guys when there's no women around are women when there's no guys around. Okay, I have no reason to, to doubt her, so I'm just going to assume it's true. 
So we're all flawed people. Unless Jesus Christ is running for running for senator, I think we have to uh, accept that nobody's perfect. And I'm not endorsing Roy Moore. I'm just saying things seem suspect to me. So let's talk about let's talk about the details. So uh, the a lot of a lot of the candidates are uh, a lot of the Republicans are asking uh, asking Roy Moore to get out of the race. Um, because of the allegate the allegations that he preyed on underage girls when he was in his 30s and 40s. Now today, Roy Moore is 70. Okay, so let's think about that. Here's some of the women who've come forward to describe questionable behavior or alleged sexual assault by Moore. Beverly Young Nelson, who alleges Moore assaulted her behind the restaurant where she worked when she was 16. He was 30. Okay, this was 40 years ago, 1977. Okay. He was 30. She was 16. She worked at a restaurant. How did he come to be behind the restaurant with her? I don't know, but I think, uh, I don't know. Do you guys remember when you were 16? You ladies, do you guys, do you guys remember when you were 16? Seems like teenage girls always want to say they're older. Oh yeah. I'm this age. Hey, she's built. She's only 12, but she's built like she's 13. Okay. You know, some women just look, some young girls look like they're older. Okay. I am not endorsing or defending Roy Moore. I'm just saying the stuff is coming out at a very suspect time. So I'm just being a little bit critical of this. Gina Richardson, who alleges she was 18, but still in high school. When Moore, who she said she had met at the mall, called her at school, interrupting her trigonometry class, trigonometry class to ask her out. He was 30. Okay. 1977, he called her in her trigonometry class. There's no such thing as cell phones in 1977. So that means he called the principal's office and asked to speak to be rung through to her classroom somewhere in the high school. She was 18, and they rang her through. In the, and remember those little things on the, on the wall? Hello. You know, the teacher walks up there, and then, hold on, hold on, Gina. Uh, there's a call for you. I... Is this guy, if this guy's that weird, he's probably, I just can't imagine somebody doing that. Okay. I am not endorsing or defending Roy Moore. I'm just telling you. Lee Korfman, who alleges he preyed on her, her at her parents' child custody hearing at the courthouse and tried to have sex with her. She was 14. He was 32. Mm, I just find that kind of out there. You know, hey, if this guy was, he was 32, was he attorney at that time? Child custody battle, you're there with your parents. He tried to have sex with me while I was at the court with my parents in a child custody battle. If this guy's that weird, he shouldn't be in, in, in the Senate. Wendy Miller, who alleges more preyed on her when she was working as Santa's elf at age 14, he was 32. Okay, let me think. How old do you have to be to work in the mall? Because when I was a kid, you couldn't, you couldn't, get a job unless you had a school work permit. And when I got a job at 15, I went into the, to the, uh, to the office in the little office that they do work permits. And I went in during lunch knowing that no one would be in the office. So the person that was in there wouldn't have access. And she, and I, and I told her I was my date of birth and I moved it up one year so I could be 16 and, and they put uh verified by, and they put SR school records. I lied so I could get a job. Okay. So did this person lie to get this job at 14 or was she really not 14? I don't know. Just seems suspect. Debbie Gibson, 
not the singer, who alleges Moore preyed on her when she was 17. He was speaking to her high school civics class about his his job as, as an assistant district attorney. By this time, Moore, so he, he preyed on her. Does that mean, hey, young lady, how are you today? You know, you think about how women go, oh, man, that creepy guy looked at me and he just undressed me with his eyes. Is that praying or is that just how guys are? I don't know. Probably inappropriate, but was that praying on him? I have a hard time. Well, I'm in here speaking about career day and I'm talking about, because I remember career day when I was in high school and I wanted to be a lawyer at that time. And some lawyer came in and told me how hard it was to get through uh, law school and you can't date and you got to just study 24 hours a day. And, uh, you know, you just don't have a life for like uh, four years in college and three years in law school. Then you study for six months or a year after that to pass the bar and uh, lots of people don't pass it. And I just go, you know what, do I want to give up that much of my life? Uh, not being able to date girls or have a life or have any fun. You know, I'm 17 years old. I, all I want to do now is have fun. It just didn't seem like what I thought it would be. Last one, Tina Johnson, who alleges when she was 28, she, she went to Judge Moore for legal consultation. She was groped by him during the appointment. Could happen. Maybe all these women are legit. Just seems kind of a suspect that when they're coming out, they didn't come out before. They didn't come out in any of his other elections. They're coming out right here. And this is a pretty important election because we only have a two-person uh, two majority in the Senate, and here's one of them that we're going to lose by this guy having to get out of the race or by him being uh, discredited. I think, and you know, and the way the Republicans are all just convicting him before they go forward. Hey, you know what? This is pretty important. If you guys are going to, if you guys are going to convict him if it's guilty until uh, proven innocent, Maybe we should put somebody else in there and maybe we should pick up a GoFundMe page to reprint the ballots. Or maybe we should have the president tell him, hey, let's delay this thing because it's it's not fair. Let's do something besides just, well, this guy's a predator because these women said so. Because as soon as the election's over, they're going to fall. They're going to fade into the woodwork and Gloria, Gloria, uh, what's her face, uh, all red and her daughter and all the other idiots are going to, we're not going to hear from them again until there's something important that we want to accuse somebody of. There's a few things you don't accuse somebody of without them trying to defend themselves. Being a child molester, being a racist, any of that stuff is pretty bad. So the growing number of Republicans who say more needs to step aside include Paul Ryan, Mitch McConnell, Tim Scott, John McCain. I think Mitch McConnell and John McCain need to uh, retire. I think they're too old and too wimpy to be Republicans anymore. Cory Gardner, Orrin Hatch, and Lindsey Graham. Here's Lindsey Graham. When the allegations first came out, I said, if true, he should step aside. I've heard enough. I believe the women. Uh, he was barred from a mall. His behavior was so extreme in his 30s that apparently the Gadsden Mall put him on the no-fly list. That tells me a lot. I don't know anybody personally who's been banned from a mall. But when you put the whole puzzle together, it's pretty hard not to believe it. It has a ring of truth, and I think we're going to lose the seat we shouldn't win. And to my good friends in Alabama, your decision in the next coming weeks will determine whether or not Trump's uh, agenda is successful, because I don't think Mr. Moore could be an effective senator given the baggage he has. And it uh, looks like Mr. Jones is on course to win, and he's not going to help us at all. Well, you know what? I don't know anybody who's been banned from a mall either, but I don't think it's uh, in you know, I saw the I saw the movie Casino and you know when they banned Tommy from going into any of the casinos. Well, what if I want to get a sandwich at the deli? One of my favorite sandwiches. You trying to tell me I can't go in there and get one of my favorite deli sandwiches? Nope, you're banned.
Not allowed to go anywhere in there. <clears throat> so maybe you could be banned from them all, but do you think maybe we should check and find out if it's legit before we just deciding he's he's guilty? And again, while I have just a few seconds left of this half of the show, I am not defending Roy Moore. I just think it's a little suspect, and I think this is a pretty important uh, Senate seat, and we should be just not, oh, well, we're going to lose that seat. We should take it more seriously, either defend him or replace him, do something. And, well, we can't, don't have the money to reprint the ballots. Guess what? I bet you we can get a GoFundMe page, and I bet you a lot of people that think this is important would give, and it can't be that much, that expensive to do some printing. Anyway, I'm all out of time for part one of the main event. Don't go away. we got lots more. Five minutes of uh, traffic, weather, and commercials. We'll be right back with part two. Welcome back to part two of the main event. My name's Ed Hoffman, president of Wholesale Capital Corporation, your local direct mortgage lender. I don't talk a lot about uh, refinances or purchasing real estate or doing reverse mortgages, but if you need any of those, you want to talk to somebody who thinks like you, you can call me at 855-640-2020. Some of you guys call in and you're surprised when I actually talk to you on the phone. You know what? I'm a real person and I actually talk to people on the phone. I am really busy, so I have a team of uh, six other guys and a couple of uh, uh, ladies that on my team. And uh, so, But if you're uh, talking to them, you're talking to me. So anyway, uh, 855-640-2020. Also, if I say something that makes you mad or makes you happy or you just want to state your opinion, the listener hotline is 855-640-2092. So this seems to be the sexual harassment show before Thanksgiving um, because... That's all that seems to be on TV and the news these days. That's all anybody's talking about other than taxes, which I did my tax rant. Um, so let's talk about, uh, let's talk about, uh, on top of the Roy Moore stuff. Um, let's see where I'm at on top of the Roy Moore stuff, uh, that maybe he shouldn't be a Senator, but it turns out that we have a sitting Senator who's really kind of a judgmental idiot. I wanted to say something else, but that would roll off the tongue easier but I can't say on the radio. So he, this guy's a judgmental idiot uh, in the Democrat party who's being accused of sexual assault. And it is none, none other than Al Franken. Because I'm good enough, I'm smart enough, and doggone it, people like me. Yeah, well, maybe not anymore because this guy is... There's no denying this. So let, let's, the allegations were made by Leanne Tweeden, former model who's now a news anchor at KABC Radio in Los Angeles. I know none of you guys know who she is because you all listen to uh, to The Answer, so you don't listen to KABC. So in a blog post at the station's website, Tweeden wrote about Franken's behavior when the two were on a USO, when a USO tour to entertain the troops in December of 2006. Now, remember, at the time, Al Franken was mostly known as being a writer and a cast member on Saturday Night Live. Quite frankly, I knew him as a writer. I liked him when he was at Saturday Night Live. But he was being funny, and he was. Um, he hadn't yet run for Senate. He started. He ran for Senate of, uh, Senator of uh, Minnesota in 2008, so he started in 2009. So at this time, in 2006, Al Franken was 55 and Leanne Tweeden was 33. Here's a bit of Tweeden's blog post. Franken had written some skits for the show and brought props and costumes to go along with them. Like many USO shows before and since, the skits were full of sexual innuendo geared towards a young male audience. 
as a TV host, sports broadcaster, as well as a model familiar to audiences from from the covers of FHM, Maxim, and Playboy, I was only expect I was only expecting to MC and introduce the acts. But Franken said he had written a part for me that he thought would be funny, and I agreed to play along. When I saw the script, Franken had written a, written a moment when his character comes at me for a kiss. I suspected that what he was after, but I figured I could turn my head at the last minute or put my hand over his mouth to get more laughs from the crowd. On the day of the show, Franken and I were alone backstage going over our lines one last time. He said to me, we need to rehearse the kiss. I laughed and ignored him. Then he said it again. I said something like, relax, Al, this isn't Saturday Night Live. We don't need to rehearse the kiss. He continued to insist, and I was beginning to get uncomfortable. He repeated that actors really need to rehearse everything and that we must practice the kiss. I said, okay, so he'd stop badgering me. Here's how she described what happened next. Came at me, and before I even knew it, he, he grabbed the, he put his hand on the back of my head and came towards me and, and mashed his face against my mouth and, and stuck his tongue in my mouth. And, you know, I sort of pushed him back and I said, don't ever do that to me again. And I was so angry, and I walked out of there. You know what? This isn't describing he preyed on me, he asked me out for a date, uh, he called me during my trigonometry class. Uh, this is more than, and of course this is hearsay, this is hearsay. All I could think, she said, she, then she wrote, all I could think about was getting to the bathroom as fast as I possibly could to rinse the taste of them out of my mouth. I felt disgusted and violated. Okay. For good reason. Tweeden went on to say that she avoided Franken as much as possible for the rest of the USO tour. And he repaid her with insults like drawing devil horns on her headshots that they were being, uh, that they were autographing for the troops. So back to the blog, the blog post. The tour wrapped, and, and on Christmas Eve, we began the 36-hour trip home to L.A. After two weeks of grueling traveling and performing, I was exhausted. When our C-17 cargo plane took off from Afghanistan, I immediately fell asleep, even though I was wearing a flak vest and Kevlar helmet. Um, it wasn't until I was back at the United States, looking through the CD of photos that were given by the photographer, that I saw this one. And here, I'm going to show you the picture. I'm holding it up to the mic. See? Okay, so... So there she is. She's uh, in the plane. She's uh, got her uh, combat helmet on and her flak vest. And there's Al Franken with her hands over her boobs while she's asleep. So I don't know. I don't think this is hearsay because there's a picture of it. So here's Al, Al Franken. How's how's Mr. Wonderful, Mr. Uh, Mr. Uh, ethical and Mr. Uh, dignity, uh, Mr. Character. How does he uh, how does he respond? Here's his apologies. Here's his apology statement. First, I want to apologize to Leanne, to everyone else who was a part of that tour, to everyone who has worked for me, to everyone I represent, and to everyone who counts on me to be an ally and supporter of and champion of women. There's more that I want to say, but the first and most important thing is, I'm sorry. I respect women. I don't respect men who don't. And the fact that my own actions have given people a good reason to doubt makes me feel ashamed. But I want to say something else too. Over the last few months, all of us, including especially men who respect women, have been forced to take a good look, a hard look at our own actions and think, perhaps shamefully for the first time, about how those actions have affected women. For instance, that picture. I don't know what was in my head when I took that picture, and it doesn't matter. There's no excuse. I look at, at it now and I feel disgusted with myself. It isn't funny. It's completely inappropriate. It's obvious how Leanne would, have, would feel violated by that picture. And what's more, I can see how millions of other women would feel violated by it. Coming from the world of comedy, 
I've told and written a lot of jokes that once I thought were funny, but later came to realize were just plain offensive. But the, but the intentions behind my actions aren't that aren't the point at all. It's the impact of these jokes that had on others that matters. And I'm sorry it's taken me so long to come to terms with that. While I don't remember the rehearsal for this skit as Leanne does, I understand why we need to listen and believe women's experiences. I'm asking that an ethics investigation be undertaken and I will gladly cooperate. We're going to have to break now while I go throw up. <clears throat> Not really. I didn't throw up. Uh, so anyway, uh, poor Al Franken. He's, he's such a sincere man. He was funny on Saturday Night Live, though. But, uh, you know, speaking of, and, and you know what, I just think I'm happy. I'm happy that this is coming out because, you know, the, the, the investigation of, of uh, Trump and the Russians is turning, is turning around backwards and, and coming after the Democrats. And now all this sexual harassment stuff, you know what, I think we need a good, I think we need to just flush the swamp and get all those people out and replace everybody with some people that here's the new rules. You have to act like a gentleman. You know, people made fun of uh, Mike Pence. They were saying, hey, Mike Pence went on when he became vice president and said, hey, I will not be going to uh, to meetings, uh, dinner meetings with other women unless my wife is there. And I won't be traveling, making uh, uh, trips with other women unless my wife is with me. You know what? I understand that. I don't do overnights without my wife. I don't go places where I'm drinking without my wife. And I don't take business trips without bringing my wife there. And uh, it's just, hey, it's just inappropriate it's inappropriate when you've got a uh, a relationship so uh so speaking of al franken doing these things that are just plain offensive here's something else this liberal hero did early in his career keep in mind when you hear this that franken is a liberal who pretends to champion the rights of gays calls you homophobic if you're not on board with the gay marriage but here's what what he said to a reporter from the harvard crimson the student newspaper at harvard in 1976 when he'd just been hired by saturday night live and i quote from Al Franken, I don't like homosexuals. If you ask me, they're all homosexuals in the pudding. Hey, I was glad when that pudding homosexual got killed in Philadelphia. Say the the pudding is is the the uh, the theater the Hasty Pudding Club, which is you know like at our high school they called them the thespians. Okay, so all the all the people that are involved in theater. So he was glad when the pudding homosexual got killed in Philadelphia. The smile became so broad it pushed his eyes shut. He couldn't stand it any longer, and then. Quote, this is what the reporter's saying. Hey, the smile became so broad it pushed his eyes shut. And then he said he couldn't stand any longer. Put that in. Put that in. Franken laughed, leaning over the desk. I'd love to see that in the crimson. All right. There's a guy who's a Democrat. And you know what? You said that. You said it to a reporter. You made sure to say put that in the crimson, that you don't like homosexuals, that you're glad when one got killed. And now you're championing the rights of women and gay people. You know what? Can you say hypocrite? I'm sure you can. All right. So uh, I'm happy to see. I'm happy to see Hollywood falling. All these people. And I guess Sylvester Stallone and uh, some other guys got got uh, fingered this week on uh, people accusing them. And you know the funny thing about Seth Sylvester Stallone, the girl who's accusing him said she was 16. And uh, said she met him at the the what was then called the Las Vegas Hilton in July 1986, while he was there uh, filming Over the Top. I was there. I was there at the Las Vegas Hilton. I was there in the filming of Over the Top. I was arm wrestling in that tournament. I'm somewhere on the uh, on the editor's floor, but 
So that gives gives credibility to that one because so maybe she was there July of 1986 and she knew it and she made this up, according to Stallone. Maybe it's true. I don't know. But you know what? Hollywood people, they're a bunch of pigs, and uh, and they have the gall to make judgment on the rest of us normal people that don't get paid sixty million dollars for ten weeks of work. So uh, anyway, let's go on investigations this week. Uh, this week, Attorney General Jeff Sessions testi- testified before the House Judiciary Committee as part of the Russia investigation. Most of the hearing that was the Democrats trying to twist Sessions' words from his last testimony in an attempt to call him a liar. But one member of the committee, Republican Jim Jordan, who is a dadgum stud, I lo- this is this is what I would sound like if I was if I was a uh, if I was a uh, uh, in in Congress or the Senate. But Jim Jordan of Ohio wanted to know when Sessions plans to appoint a special counsel to investigate the real Russian scandal, the sale of uranium one to Russian government while Hillary Clinton was Secretary of State, and the executives of uranium one donating millions of dollars to the Clinton Foundation after it happened. First, here's Congressman Jordan earlier this week where he uh, details the entire timeline, starting with the Comey, with James Comey calling the Hillary investigation a matter. Well, I call it a matter, not an investigation. As we point out our piece last time I checked, he wasn't director of the Federal Bureau of Matters. It's an investigation. Think about what James Comey did. He misled the American people trying to call the Clinton investigation a matter. And then he also misled the American people when he let the public believe that President Trump was under investigation when, in fact, he wasn't. So he misled the American people twice. We got this focus from Mr. Mueller on possible Russian collusion with the Trump campaign to influence the election. How about the fact we know the Obama Justice Department tried to influence the election? Loretta Lynch, one day before the Benghazi report comes out, five days before Secretary Clinton's to be interviewed by the FBI, she meets with former President Clinton on the tarmac in Phoenix. And then then when she's corresponding with people in the Justice Department, the public relations staff, she doesn't even use her real name. She uses the name Elizabeth Carlisle. If you're just talking about golf and grandkids, you can probably use your real name. So there's all those issues, not to mention what we've learned in the last few weeks about Fusion GPS, about Uranium One. All this cries out for a special counsel. All we're asking, Mr. Sessions, a guy I like, a good guy, but all we're asking is appoint a special counsel so American people can get the answer. And you know what? I have a couple of of comments on this. You know what? Number one, why do we need a special counsel for everything? Isn't the Department of Justice a whole bunch of attorneys? That are on uh, on taxpayer salaries, isn't uh, and and I'm sure I'm sure the budget for the Justice Department because they're all lawyers and they all make a lot of money. I'm sure it's pretty high. And don't we have a Federal Bureau of Investigation and a Central Intelligence Agency and a National Security Administration or agency? Then we only have don't we have a whole bunch of people that investigate stuff and keep an eye on stuff? How can we have to have a special counsel for this? And you know Mueller hired about. I don't know, 20, 20 other attorneys, all Hillary supporters, um, to do his counsel. I wonder how much money we're wasting on that when the when everything seems obvious to me. Anyway, I digress. So uh, here's the other thing I'm thinking. Hey, you know what? We're worried about the Russians affecting the election. Remember Benghazi? Remember what happened in Benghazi? Four guys died, 13 hours of, of terrorists attacking our consulate and our uh, and the uh, whatever it was called, the, the consulate where... Uh, where Chris uh, Stevens was, and uh, and then they came after the the FBI, the the secret place where the no one knew the CIA was. Uh, remember that, and then remember how uh, Susan Rice and Barack Obama and Hillary Clinton and all came out telling it was about a video, a video some guy posted on YouTube. And remember that's what spurred this whole thing. It was spontaneous because they were mad about a video. Why do you think they were doing that? 
I don't know. Was there wasn't there an election like six weeks after that? Wasn't Barack Obama telling everybody that, hey, we've got uh, terrorism under control. ISIS is on the run. Uh, Al Qaeda is, is on the run. We're we're not having any issues with with terrorism. Wasn't it an attempt to not to say that hey we we didn't want it to be a terrorist attack because maybe we weren't we weren't doing as good of a job as Barack Obama said. Maybe Mitt Romney kind of could have won that thing, but uh, they wanted to make sure that nobody got off track about hey there's terrorism going on and you're not doing a very good job of protecting our ambassador. Maybe they were trying to influence an election. I don't know. I could be wrong. It's rare, but it happens. And then he talked about. Uh, and then let's. Uh, then here. So to, so this arrives. Congressman Jordan poses this question. See what you think of uh, Jeff Sessions' answer. What's it going to take to actually get a special counsel? It will take a factual basis that meets the standards of the appointment of a special and is counsel. That, is that analysis going on right now? Well, it's in the uh, manual of the. Department of Justice about what's required. We've only had two. The first one was the Waco, Janet Reno, uh, Senator Danforth, who took over that investigation as special counsel, and Mr. Mueller. Each of those are pretty uh, special factual situations. Let me ask it this way. And we will use the proper standards, and that's what I only thing I can tell you. Well, again, I say, number one, why do we need a special counsel? And number two, Jeff Sessions said we only had two other special counsels in history before that was the Waco, Texas thing, the near Waco, Texas, you know, the David Koresh, uh, thing found, uh, the little commune of, of, uh, of people worshiping David Koresh. And, you know, they were keeping people hostage in there supposedly. And then we sent in a tank and set the place on fire and a bunch of people died and, was not supposed to happen. So there's a special counsel. And then remember, uh, then of course, uh, Mueller, who's investigating Trump. I don't know. I seem to remember going to, uh, the Lincoln club at the mission Inn one time and hearing this guy, uh, Ken Starr speak. And, uh, he was a Pepperdine uh, law professor from Pepperdine university up in Malibu. And he was talking about a special counsel that he did to investigate some dude named Bill Clinton who lied about having a sexual harassment kind of a relationship with Monica Lewinsky. I don't know, considering that there's so much of that sexual harassment stuff in the news and considering that there was a special counsel and and considering that we actually impeached the president over that, but the Senate decided not to remove him because they didn't want to have a, they didn't want to have Al Gore move into the presidency and then Al Gore would be running for president as an incumbent. So they said, hey, let's just leave him in office because there's only a few more months left of his term. So I don't know. It just seems based on everything that's going on 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 TV and the news right now and in the world that he wouldn't have forgotten that one little special counsel with Ken Starr and Bill Clinton. I don't know. I don't know what my point is other than, hey, he must have forgot this. Maybe he's not really supposed to be... uh, Maybe he shouldn't be uh, attorney general because maybe he's uh, worried more about his reputation than enforcing the law. Maybe, maybe, and I've heard some people suggest this, maybe they thought about putting Jeff Sessions back in his Senate seat so that we don't have an empty Senate seat. So we don't have to worry about Roy Moore or uh, uh, Jones, whatever the guy's Jones uh, that's that the Democrats running for it. And then all we got to do is just appoint a new uh, attorney general. I'm thinking Rudy Giuliani would be a good one. I don't know, maybe Rudy Giuliani, maybe uh, there's a whole bunch of 
people, but maybe we need maybe we need some, uh, some an attorney general with some stones to go after people that have broken the law instead of worried about the political aspects of it. Well, you know, we're not supposed to go after a political opponent of the president. Well, you're not going after a political opponent of the president. You're going after someone who broke the law, who sold out our country for personal financial gain. I don't know. If it were me, if it were me, if I was going to sacrifice my life to be the attorney general or sacrifice my life to serve this country as the president or do something like that, because you know they give up their, their, whole, their whole life for a few years, I would do something with it and go after Hillary Clinton because if I have to obey the law, she should have to obey the law because I guarantee I would be in jail for a long time if I did what she did. So anyway, think speaking of Democrats' actions being worthy of investigation, the fake Russian dossier is still in the news. <laughs> Unbelievable. And the Wall Street Journal editorial board is making the case that the phony dossier paid for by the Democrats is what led the FBI to start monitoring the Trump campaign in the first place. Here's Kimberly Strassel of the Wall Street Journal explaining the fact that the fake, the fat, the impact of the fake dossier. Well, look at what happened. Uh, so, you know, the Democrats like to say, well, this document wasn't even used during the election. Not true. We know that Christopher Steele, who put it together, he's testified in court documents that he briefed the press in September. Uh, Yahoo News came out with a huge story saying that the FBI was in possession of intelligence showing potential collusion between the Trump campaign and the Russian government. The headlines were dominated by this. And the question that we still have yet to know is we know the FBI relayed on on this in some regard, but did did this document actually inspire the FBI to end right. up wiretapping a political campaign, which is no small deal, by the way? Do you understand the impact of this? Somebody made up a bunch of lies, and then that spurred a special counsel to investigate all this stuff, and all this stuff is coming out. They shouldn't have even been investigating because the whole thing was based on a lie. Hey, you know what? I read this book called Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, and it says there's there's a chocolate factory with a bunch of little people called Oompa Loompas. We need to start a special investigation about how we're mistreating having uh, labor issues with little people with orange faces and green hair. Hey, it was fiction, buddy. <clears throat> you know what? America has too many morons in it. Anyway, uh, next thing, the House Democrats introduced articles of impeachment Wednesday against President Donald Trump. He hasn't done anything to, to make him impeachable, but they're introducing impeachment uh, hearings. Though they acknowledge their efforts have no chance of success while Republicans control the House of Congress. So uh, what's the plan here? You know, wh why, wh why? what's the point? Congressman Steve Cohen of Tennessee, another moron, uh, introduced five articles of impeachment, and there are only six signatures on their document. So that's not exactly what I call a movement. Um, but let's listen to what these Democrats uh, want to impeach president for. The first is obstruction of justice, which deals with Mr. Comey's firing. The second is a violation of the Constitution's foreign emolument clause, which deals with monies he's taken from foreign powers without the consent of Congress. The third is a violation of the domestic emoluments clause, which deals with monies he's made from the United States uh, and as personal businesses beyond that of his salary, which is also forbidden by our Constitution. The fourth is undermining our federal judiciary, and the fifth is undermining freedom of the press. These are progressive actions he's taken over a period of time uh, against the press and against the judiciary with uh, positive actions to cap off a, a series, a pattern of behavior, uh, belittling and questioning these institutions that are so important for our democracy, 
Uh, the judiciary, obviously, is in the Constitution and the equal branch of government. The press is not in the Constitution, but freedom of press is. And he's threatened uh, licenses of broadcast stations, uh, so-called uh, fake news, and, and, and other actions that hurt our democracy. They definitely hurt our democracy. They're fundamental parts of it. So we're calling upon the House to begin impeachment hearings immediately. This guy is a moron. I could go one by one, but I'm almost out of time. One by one through this. But you know what? Trump built a business. When you do anything to to fix to uh, to fix the economy, and his businesses that he that he that he signed over to his kids prosper, that's not taking money from the from the country, which is against the Constitution. But you know what Hillary Clinton did was why don't you why don't you guys look in the mirror and check out Hillary Clinton? The five other representatives who signed the article of impeachment were Luis Gutierrez of Illinois, Adriano. Adriano Espelat of New York, Al Green of Texas, Marsha Fudge of Ohio, and John Yarmouth of Kentucky. I don't know. For some reason, Maxine Waters of California wasn't one of them, which is kind of odd considering she's still going around saying things like this. For those who say to me, you are asking for something too soon and too early. Be careful. Don't jeopardize yourself. Don't say what you're saying right now. But I continue to say, impeach him. Impeach 45. Impeach 45. I didn't hear you. Impeach 45. Maxine Waters is an idiot, and uh, don't follow in her footsteps, folks. Hey, I'm out of time for uh, this episode of the main event. Hey, you guys all have a great turkey day. Talk uh, politics and religion at your uh, at your uh, Thanksgiving dinner table because uh, we need to straighten out some people if they don't understand politics. And uh, Lord knows we need some more God in our country. So go ahead. You got permission to talk religion and politics on Thursday. Have a great turkey day. Stay safe on uh, Black Friday. Uh, Don and I will be up in Mammoth Skiing because the snow's dumping up there. And uh, we'll be back again with you next week. The content in this program is not intended to be legal advice. Views expressed are those of Ed Hoffman and his podcasts and do not necessarily reflect views or policies of Wholesale Capital Corporation. WCC is licensed by the California Bureau of Real Estate Broker License Number 0114774 and California Finance Lenders License Number 603K610. Also licensed in Arizona by the Arizona Department of Financial Institutions. MB Number 096199.